Welcome to the Detail Rag Podcast. You know, we all love detailing. We love the products. We love the processes. But deep down, it's the people and their stories that inspire us and encourage us to share the shine. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Detail Rag, episode number 41. Tonight's special guest is Mr. Evan Steger from Evans Detailing and Polishing out of Chilton, Wisconsin. Evan, welcome to the show. How are you? What's going on, Brian? Uh, oh, I'm doing good. A little dirty, of course, but I'm doing good. I can see that, That's but that's what you do, right? <laughs> that's right. That's right. And also, we still have uh, Mr. Paul Springer from Springer's Detailing. Springer, Mr. Springer, woo, how are you tonight, sir? Good. Nice to see you guys. Doing great. Good. And I'm not working. as dirty as Evan. Well, <laughs> Evan, I haven't talked to you for a long time. So it's, this is it's been a while. Super exciting. Yeah. I'm, I'm well, honestly so honored I'm to be gonna, on the show. I'm going to start off with um, a couple notes that I have with just kind of how people can get a hold of you. Um, so we've got your website is goshineon.com, correct? Yep. Yep, that's okay. it. That's correct. And your Instagram. And if you if I start to say something that you don't want me to put out there, you let me know. Um, nah, your Instagram is Metal Polisher 3826, correct? Yep, that's correct. And you have hashtag always on the grind? Yeah, actually, I own the uh, trademark to that. Nice. Yep. Excellent. Well, maybe we'll yep. get into how that all came about. Um, uh, you have you your own. Spend life. some money to get into copywriting and trademarking something. <laughs> you have your product line which is called time to shine right that's correct yep um youtube is at evan steger metal polishing yep that's correct and you also have a podcast called polisher's corner we do we do yeah okay try to we started that as like a inspirational thing kind of like much like you did with the detailers um i started it kind of to when a lot of people listen to me say something on my YouTube channel, they don't necessarily believe me because I've been doing it so long. They're like, he doesn't go through the same struggle I went through, yeah. you know? So right. I, I started introducing them, other polishers to other polishers through the podcast. And I honestly just wanted people to hear the same stories I've been telling them I went through that other detailers and polishers went through in their early years so that people had something else to relate to. And when they started hearing somebody else say it, they were instantaneously like, Oh, Evan wasn't kidding. He, he actually did go through this or Zach actually went through this or race went through this or whoever I had on the podcast at the time, their story, they were like, man, I have a similar story to that where I struggled through something or, um, figured out something that worked midway through the season and just now it's changed their life. And I just wanted people to have some inspiration. Okay. So let's, <clears throat> let's back up just a little bit and tell everybody where Evan Steger came from as far as the detailing and polishing and how you, uh, where'd you get started or how'd you get started? And your main focus is polishing, correct? You're a metal polisher. Is Yeah. Personal. Yep. Okay. Metal polishing is our, uh, our forte. And I'm glad you didn't ask me where I came from because my mom would tell a far different story than I would. But uh, in I was going to say, don't ask her on here because she'd fill you in more than we need to. But um, <laughs> so I started off, um, I grew up in a small town. Um, there weren't a whole lot of jobs for miners. And I, I worked on farms. I picked stones, that kind of stuff starting off. 
I didn't have any truckers in my family. So like, I didn't really have access to semis and cool stuff all the, all the time. Um, but one job you could actually do when you were, um, 13, you could get a work permit in the state of Wisconsin and you could work. Um, there was a local trucking company in town that every weekend, all their trucks were home. So when the trucks were home, you had Saturday and Sunday to wash them all. So I would go to school during the week. I'd work on the farm during the week. And then on the weekends, I would wash this entire fleet of trucks. And I think back then they had like 12 or 15 trucks maybe. So we had to wash 12 full semis every weekend. And like our boss made us clean the frames and all this stuff. Like it was a pretty, pretty intense deal. And then um, a guy my mom went to school with, he had a dump truck company. So then uh, during the week, his dump trucks would be home. So I'd go over there and wash his in the afternoons. And then I'd work at this other uh, trucking company, washing trucks on the weekend. So then I was working during the week and the weekend. And then as soon as I got my driver's permit, um, I was able to drive to a bigger city. And my cousin was working at a truck wash, which was like 30 minutes away. And he was like, dude, it's a really cool atmosphere. It's a lot of the same stuff we were doing at the dump truck company. Like you should come up and try it. The pay is pretty good. There's always tons of opportunity for improvement and making money. I was money hungry. Like I loved making money when I was a kid. Um, so I started driving back and forth to work every day, 30 minutes and started working at a truck wash. Once a year, there was a big truck show here in Wisconsin. We started seeing cool trucks the week leading up to that truck show. And um, I got hooked on cool trucks. And once in a while, uh, the truck wash would mess up and spray chemicals on the wheels or on something that was polished. And we had to go outside and hand polish it and fix it. And um, one of my buddies had show trucks and his dad was driving a show truck. And uh, he had said, you know, what we just did in the parking lot, you could actually make pretty decent money doing. And I was like, really? And we had always seen, we call them carnies, but they were mobile truck polishers that would live in truck stops out of their vans. So we just called them carnies because they traveled around. Yeah. And um, we'd see them every summer polishing in the parking lot at the truck stop where we were at. And I was super intrigued watching a truck go from, we called it shit to shine. I don't know if I can say that on here, but yeah. You say yeah. <laughs> so we called it from shit to shine. And I thought that was awesome. And I, I always wanted to learn how to do that. So I went and talked to some of the guys that were in the parking lot, asked them how to do that. Back then it was a super secretive trade. Nobody would tell you anything. They told me get bent. So um, my buddy said, Hey, why don't we polish my dad's truck for the show? We did. And the truck won a trophy and I was hooked. Wow. So I, my wife and I started polishing on weekends. Um, all of a sudden the weekend work turned into every weekend. I was working second shift at the wash. I transferred from second shift to first shift so that I'd have my afternoons open. So then I'd work first shift at the wash. I'd polish second shift in the afternoon. And then I'd polish on the weekends. So now I was working two jobs plus the weekends. And the, wa the wash, we had to work every other weekend. We had to work every other Saturday. So on the Saturdays where I had to wash, I would just work as much overtime during the week as I could so I could bank the extra hours. And then I just wouldn't polish as much that week. Then all of a sudden the polishing started taking over and I was making more polishing a couple days a week than I was washing. Right. And I asked my boss for a raise because minimum wage had gone up twice and um, my wage stayed the same. Like 
I tried promoting a few times. He didn't want to promote me because the next step was giving me keys to the building and he didn't want somebody who was doing side work having keys to the building because he had issues with other washers in the past polishing in the building. And I said, I'd never do that, but he still didn't believe me. So um, I'd asked him for a dollar raise because minimum wage had gone up a dollar fifty. And he said, there just isn't any money in the wash right now. I can't give you a raise. I said, well, what about 50 cents? Like, dude, I've been picking up every bit of overtime I can. Like, I'm helping you out. People would park all back to see what bay I was in to come up and get washed in my bay because they knew I was going to take care of them. And uh, he goes, no, nah, I just don't have 50, 50 cents to give you. The Jeez. next day, literally the <laughs> next day after I, he told me that, we washed boats once in a while because he was part of a yacht club. He pulls up with this brand new boat, just gleaming, sail, big old <laughs> sailboat. And I was like, are we washing this? Like, it looks like a new boat. He's like, it is a new boat. I'm like, really? I'm like, whose is that? He goes, it's mine. I just picked it up this morning. Ugh. And I, I looked at him and I said, uh, I'm putting in my two-week notice. He's like, what do you mean you're putting in your two-week notice? I said, uh, just yesterday, you told me you didn't have 50 cents. Let me do the math for you. On 40 hours a week, that's 20 bucks. Big deal. You, you couldn't <laughs> afford $20 a week yesterday? For me, washing, and I've been here. I had been there like seven, almost eight years at that point. Wow! I said, if you couldn't afford twenty dollars, I don't know how you afforded that boat. And he's like, Oh, Evan, one thing I can teach you about business is personal money and work money don't overflow. I said, Well, if having somebody that's been with you seven, eight years doesn't mean fifty cents or a dollar for you, then you can go ride that boat, and I'm out. Like two weeks, I'm gone. The last day of my two week notice. He comes up to me and he goes, are you really done today? I said, yeah, I'm done. And I will never forget this till the day I die. His exact words were not, if this doesn't work. He said, when it doesn't work, you can always come back. <clears throat> and that like was like driving a spike into my temple. I was like, I will never come back to this place. And a few years later, probably five, six years later, right before the, right before, no, it was right after the fallout of 08, 09. So it must've been like 10 or 11 when things were starting to turn around and come back. Um, he sold the wash, sold it out to another company, but he stayed on for two years to help him transition into running it still. And I, he let him and I kept a good relationship. Even after I left, he let me keep business cards there to draw in new customers and stuff. And, um, I pulled up there one day cause he had told me that we were low on business cards there. So I pulled up to drop off some business cards and he was going to breakfast. I said, let me take you to breakfast today. And he's like, nah, I'll buy breakfast. I'm like, all right, whatever. So we went over to breakfast. We sat down and he's like, you know, I always thought you would have came, came back. He goes, even when the recession hit, I thought you were coming back. I'm like, nah, I'm good. He's like, how much are you making per year? And I said, well, I don't want to get into all the details, but like I survived through the recession and uh, this is what I'm making, X amount of dollars. And he's like, come again? I'm <laughs> like, X amount of dollars? He's like, Evan, you make more in a year than I made in the last 10 years out of the wash. I was like, well, that's pretty cool. And uh, I told him I had to go to the bathroom and I went and snuck the receipt and paid the paid for breakfast. And uh, it felt pretty good. It yeah, felt good pretty good. <laughs> so, so let me ask said, you, uh, Evan. Oh, Brian. No, go ahead. Uh, he, says, uh, he says, why didn't you come back? I said, do you remember what you said to me the day I left? He's like, I don't remember what I did last week, let alone six years ago. I said, honestly, 
you said when it doesn't work, I could always come back. And I told myself that moment, I would never come back. I would figure something out before I came back. He goes, well, I never meant that. He's like, I, I didn't mean like you were destined to fail. I'm like, no, that's exactly what you meant. Yep. I'm yeah. like, I was just never going to let that happen. Wow. So I was going to say, you know, a lot of times we think it's the end of the end of the world when the shit hits the fan like that. Yeah. But man, looking back, <laughs> look at the turbo that gave you, dude, to just succeed. Yeah. How freaking cool is that? That's awesome. Dude, Tammy and I were just talking about it last week. Like, it sounds so silly, but like our monthly expenses in my shop and my products right now, between what we pay our chemists to make and fill our bottles and what we buy and resell, just every month our our um, expenses for every month is more than Tammy and I used to make in a year before. Like we can cycle through $200,000 a month here. Some months. It's amazing. That's it's crazy. That, it I never crazy. would have imagined. And it's yeah, like, but, but when you persist and you don't give up and you use people's, uh, you know, people want to put you down. Um, that's where you learn about yourself and that's where you get confidence in yourself because you know, at the end of the day, you have to be confident in yourself. hundred percent. Dude, there was yeah. a lot of days in, in 08, 09 when the recession was hitting and times were getting tight and truckers were cutting back on the budget because the rates were going bad. Dude, there was days I still worked 16 hours a day because I did it cheap because I wanted to help them out. But at the same time, I wanted to stay busy and I didn't want them to forget about me during the recession. Yeah, There was a lot of stuff I polished for, I tell everybody this story, but there was one customer that he was really good to me. Like he was one of the guys with me in the beginning. He's still one of the guys with me now, but when the recession hit, he was hurting and I didn't want him to not be polished for those two years that the recession hit the industry real hard. So yeah. like I did a lot of polishing and just like told him, don't worry about it. Hit me back when you get a chance. Yeah. And when the recession was over and all those rates came back he had like a handwritten note of everything I had given him for free. And he paid me a check for everything I had done for two years for him for free. Wow. Dude, I'll never forget Dude, that. It, that is, it reminds me to take care of people in tough times. That is phenomenal. And that says so much about you and your character. And that's the reason why Paul and I love you. And we love talking to you is because that's just who you are. And again, this is something that you can share with people as far as, you know, how to, how, just how to treat people, yeah. how do you, you know, and I think that's, uh, it's just, man, so proud of you and hats off to you for what you've done and, and how you've done it. Um, so let's kind of before, and, and I'm looking at my, my questions and it kind of rolls into this, but it doesn't, but I just want to kind of hit on this real quick. And then we want to, I want to go into something along the way, because when you, when your old boss said that to you, do you think that was like one of the first, uh, one of the first struggles that you came across was him saying that to you and you having to, to just take the hit and deal with it? <laughs> I, I call him my first, my first hater, but like, my... I, I didn't hate him. Like I wasn't mad at him for saying it. Like he didn't even realize he was saying it, you know, but it was my first motivator, you know? Yes. Okay. And 
honestly, I use most of the, most of the haters as motivation. Like I, honestly, I'm one of the most hated guys in my industry. I swear I am. Um, and for multiple different reasons, like I, I wasn't as humble as I am now. Like it took me a while to like humble myself and realize that like I started the YouTube channel to give back. And when people would trash me, I would trash them back, back in the day. But then I started thinking about it and I'm like, I wouldn't want my kids to treat people this way. Right. And I wouldn't want my kids to have somebody treat them this way. So I just started like, Paul and I talked about this a number of times, like kill them with kindness. Like, I, I don't care if you hate me. Like one of the, one of the polishers that hates me a lot. Every time I see him, I say hi to him. Like, I don't want to have a bad relationship with you just because you don't like me. doesn't mean I have to hate you. And I don't, I don't hate, I don't hate anybody anymore. I really don't. Um, so I always say hi to everybody and some publishers that drive them crazy. Like, especially when they hate me a lot, they don't want me to talk to them. And I'm like, I, I, sooner or later, we just need to work this out and just move on. Cause seriously, like the industry is so huge. There is so much work for everybody, but I use a lot of that as motivation. Cause honestly, I, I'm only halfway to where I want to be. And I'm not even in the same ballpark of where I thought I was ever going to be. Right. So yeah, there's so many struggles you hit across no matter what you do. And real quick, I want to touch on this real quick because I want to just say that you have been an inspiration to me, not only from our past conversations and from what I've learned from you, but one of the, the I don't deal with that real well. I don't deal with haters well. Okay. I didn't either for a long time watching you and listening to you. Same with Paul, you know, you guys have been huge inspirations to me for me to just sit back a little bit and settle the F down and go, you know what? It really isn't that big of a deal, right? Just let it go. And that I'm kind of, I don't know where it was. And I said this to Paul earlier. I don't know where it was. I know it was you somewhere. Okay. And the only reason why I'm bringing this up is because we're kind of leading into it is that something happened to me today. And it made me think of this somewhere along the line, you said, or you posted something about a candle about if you, just because you blow out someone else's candle doesn't mean yours is going to shine brighter. Can you give me that quote real quick? That's, that's the exact quote. Blowing out somebody else's candle will not make your candle shine brighter. And that's, that's as, that's as dead honest as it gets. I mean, you can set two candles in a room. The room itself is, going to get dimmer without two candles in the room. <clears throat> so blowing out somebody else's light does not make yours that much brighter. It makes yours more important because it's the only one in the room, but eventually your room's going to be so dark. Nobody else is going to want to be in it. So you can blow out as many candles as you want. You can hate on everybody, but honestly, all it's going to do is leave you in that room alone. That's it. I, that was a, I don't know if it was a, it was a Confucius or a Gandhi quote, but I would, I listen to a lot of audibles when I'm, when I'm polishing. Cause I feel like I've gotten to a point in my career and I hope this doesn't sound cocky, but I've gotten really comfortable in my technique and my pattern and everything I do that I don't really pay attention to my polish as much as I should anymore. Cause it is a dangerous job, but sure. I feel like I'm losing time out of my life while I'm polishing. So I listen to a lot of audibles and I try to learn a lot of stuff. And I was listening to a book. It was it was either Gandhi or Confucius or something that that quote came up and I literally went online and I'm like, there is going to be a meme of this somewhere. So I found it and I posted it on my Instagram. Cause I was like, I wanted other people to read that. And it's true. Honestly, 
my humbleness really came and I, I'm not, I don't want Paul to get a big head and tip over in his chair, but it was him and I sitting on my patio, smoking a cigar. And I was going through a really tough transition with a company that I was working with that we kind of were having a tough time when we started separating and Paul was sitting on my patio, him and I were smoking a cigar together, just having a man to man chat. The two of us just good buddies sitting on a, sitting on a patio. He's like my brother and him giving me the advice of like, listen, you got to start taking this in the chin and just keep moving on with it. And I was like, you know what, Paul, that hit me in the right place at the right time. And I just needed to hear that in that moment from somebody else other than my parents or my wife or, you know, somebody that was so invested in my, in my life. I needed to hear it from somebody that was invested in a friendship, but not directly in my, my personal life at home. So hearing it from Paul, like, it was like a slap to the face that I needed to like step up my, my game a little bit more, you know, and it turned, turned into, I guess, a humbler side of me. I don't know. So you kind of touched on it a little bit and if you'd like, you can go into it if you want. Um, the relationship that you had um, with this company that you and Paul were talking about, was that a struggle in your career that you feel could be uh, was was life changing for you or, or pushed you in a different direction as to where you're where you're headed now? Yeah, 100 um, <clears> percent. <throat> I don't mind talking about it. You know, it's part of my past. And, you know, I learned a lot during that situation. Um, I, I worked with the company for a number of years um, before I met this company. Um, I was I was at a point in my career where. I needed to make a move and I wanted to do something to kind of take that next step. And that next step to me was I was going to develop my own product and release my own product line. Um, I met a company that was really aggressive. They had bought out a company that I was buying product from and they wanted to start pushing into this industry really hard. And when I met these guys, they kind of sold me the world and told me where they were headed. And I was like, dude, I can stand with that vision. Like I see where you're headed. I want to be headed in that same direction. And we kind of partnered together. Uh, it was their business. We didn't partner in the business side, but we kind of worked a lot together hand in hand and felt like I was a part of something. And uh, we worked together for, I don't know, it was either five or six years. And um, probably two years before the end was when I think I met Paul. And one of the great things that came out of that was some of the people I met through working with those guys. Um, there was a lot of trials and tribulations working with those guys, but I did learn a lot about um, business. I learned a lot in the end about how to protect myself. <laughs> yeah. So I learned a lot about copywriting and trademarking and how expensive that whole life can be if you want to keep something and protect it as your own. Um, but I, I learned a lot of chemistry from those guys and um when uh, when things didn't work out in the end, um, I had been a distributor for them and I was selling a ton of product at that point. I had hired in my sister. My wife was working um, in the in the shop. Uh, we were selling product. I needed two people working in that. And my sister was one of them. And my sister's my family. And when all that fell apart and we weren't really going to be able to sell that product anymore, um, I think it was another conversation Paul and I were having was like, do I just get back into developing my own product? What do I do? And Paul's like, dude, you should be doing it for yourself. Like, just do it. And yeah. I was like, you know what? I'm going to make it work. Like, I want to 
I didn't want to let my sister go. I didn't want to let her down because like she was depending on working here. And uh, yeah, I had a lot of fun working with that company too. I traveled all over the country doing work with those guys. Um, got to spend a lot of time out in California by Paul. That was fun. Yeah. <laughs> Gave me a good excuse to come out all the time, but um, yeah. no, I learned a lot. We uh, It was tough in the end. But and and Paul and I've mentioned this to each other before too is the fact that I feel like uh I, I don't know life business whatever you want to call it and and I've I've had this conversation with several people I just had it with my son where I it's kind of like uh, let's just take a sporting event right sure. if you knew the out if you knew the outcome you would never play the game right I will challenge you on that if you knew okay. the day you were gonna die. Would you want to know okay. the day you were going to die? <laughs> Man. See, that's the thing is that's, and that's how this all came up with my son is I told him. I, I would oh, want to know. Well, I don't know. He, he, uh, my son lost his grandfather and, uh, he said to me, daddy goes, I just, I just wish I just, uh, we lost him. Evan, you still there? There he is. You still there? Yeah, sorry. I don't know what happened there. No, all right. You're cool. As long as you're back, bro. We're good. Yeah, yeah I'm here. <laughs> I said to my son, I said, you know, I said, if, if we knew, we, we wouldn't play. If we really yeah. knew the outcome of things, it would change the way we looked at it. It wouldn't be fun anymore. Or it wouldn't true. be a challenge anymore, you know? So, That's true. Um, well, you know, as much as I hate that you had to go through that, I think where you're at now just benefited from it right you know i used to really think that when people said when you go through trials and tribulations that you come out the other side a better person like i used to hate when people would say that because it's like if you weren't a good person going into it you're not going to be a good person coming out of it you know what i mean like i I hated that saying but i always looked at it the wrong way because i looked at it like just simply that if you were a bad person going in, you're going to be a bad person coming out. That's just how it is. Right. And I just feel like I went in a decent person, but I came out a better person. Cause I, at, in the end, I saw what I didn't want to be and didn't want to do. So right. it really, really pushed me hard, pushed me harder in the direction that I knew I should have been on to begin with. Like it just pushed me to be a better person in the end. Okay. And don't you think, um, you know, every struggle we go through and every, I mean, life's full of it, right? Family life's full of struggles and good times. Business is full of good business or hard times and good times. But who would you be? Who would we be if we didn't struggle and get pushed to our limit? Like, Evan, I know you were getting pushed to your limit. Oh, I do hundred percent. Like I, I was ready to give it up. I mean, I but it was perfect was. timing when we met because I, you know, I'm older than you. I was in that wiser. I would just say wiser, Paul. Don't, wiser. don't tell everybody you're older. Yeah. <laughs> but I was kind of involved in that company for like a year, and I'm a yep. real people person, and I'm I read people very well. Yeah. So I was reading them. And you knew it wasn't going to get better for me if I stuck it no, out. No, and I knew you. I was reading you, and I knew you were a good guy. And I, you know, I met your wife and kids, and you became my brother, dude. And I think it was great timing when we met. And I think, looking back, that was a, that was the best thing that ever happened to you. Yeah, and I, I call him 
like I don't call them specifically, but I call my tough times in my life cancerous times, right? Because when people get cancer, it's a really rough part of their life, you know, and you, some people go through it and they get into remission. And I've had a lot of cancerous times in my life. Like I fought anxiety my whole life. Like I, I don't do well. I've, I've learned to do better in crowds, but I never used to do well in crowds. Like I yeah. used to get terrible anxiety. I couldn't. We lost him again. See if he pops back on. There he is. Look at that. Every time my phone rings, it goes out to, it oh. goes out and it comes back. So I, there we... I'll just, I just need to swipe better. Um, <laughs> swipe right. Yeah. Swipe. <laughs> yeah. uh, but yeah, I've, I've had so many cancerous times in my life where like you, you always have your ups. I mean, things go well, but you all, you also have your downs. Like there's a yin and a yang for everything. As stupid as that sounds, it just, there is well, reality. And yeah. sometimes, sometimes my, my down times are, they get dark. Like they get really dark because my anxiety gets the best of me. And I don't know, like I let, if I let something wear on me, it'll wear me out. Like yeah. I can just, I can just sit in my polish shop and not talk to anybody for a week sometimes. Cause I just need to like refocus myself and restructure myself, but it just is what it is. Right. Hey, but that's a great, great point, Evan. Because <clears throat> I feel like I'm real outgoing, mm -hmm. but so many times when my guys go home, I shut the door and I'll do paint corrections, ceramic coatings by myself for an hour or two because I got to reset. Yeah, just to unwind. Dude, I'll so work by myself too just to unwind. It's so weird yeah. that like polishing, metal polishing takes so much mental focus that like if I can get everybody out of the shop quiet i can turn my phone on airplane mode and just listen to some audible or some music yep. for a little bit and just kind of work by myself dude i unwind so quick by myself like my wife used to be she used to get so mad she's like why don't you just come home i'm like listen i love my wife and my kids but like sometimes you can't unwind when you're at home because like she wants right. to know how your day was she yep. wants to know how everything was the kids need your attention. Yep. My phone's still ringing. My emails are still going off. It's like I can't unwind when I'm home. So I need yep. to unwind before I get home so that I can actually enjoy my home time. Right. I think what we do is an art. Now, I don't 100%. think everybody's artists that do it. Yeah. But I think you and I are artists at what we do. We love what we do, and we can get lost in it. And it's a good thing to know that we need to just be by ourselves and get lost. And then we go out the door like, <laughs> yeah, what's up, babe? <laughs> oh, yeah. That's exactly it. I go home so much happier. If I get a chance yeah. to unwind, because my, my house is literally two minutes from my shop. So, like, I don't get that 30-minute drive home some people get. Yeah, unwind. yeah, yeah. Like, right. <laughs> I hop in my truck, and it's not even warm by the time I get home. <laughs> not even one song. Went, you didn't even go through one song, right? <laughs> right. Exactly. <laughs> You know, so, there is a long way home. I know I know your area. There is a long way. Yeah, dude. I'd have to drive a really long way to get home. <laughs> I'm now. just kidding, Tammy. Don't 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 kill me. <laughs> so both of you, Paul, how many employees do you have? Three. Evan, how many employees do you have? Uh I just hired in um two brand new guys and I'm looking for two more. <clears throat> okay. So and my office has uh, my office staff has three on top of that. So, again, I've never worked for either one of you, but I feel like I know both of you 
well enough to know that this it's kind of a question. It's kind of a statement um, for both of you. So what do you guys think it takes to be a respected leader, not only to your employees, but to your clients? Because sometimes even clients don't fully understand what you do or how, how you're going to get it done. And you might have to lead them into Do you think, first of all, how do you guys do it? And second of all, do you think, is that a lost vision for employers, for people who own businesses? Sadly, I think it is. I think it's one of those things that's kind of been lost in the industry for a while. Um, Just because the times and the generations are changing, everything's social media driven, everything's instant gratification, instant gratification, instant gratification. Um. I I rule by working alongside them. Like I'm dirty exactly. right now because I was literally working with them. And I know Paul does the same thing. Like yeah. Yeah. once in a while I go on a vacation and my guys will work by themselves. But if I'm not on vacation, I am working alongside you. I am getting dirty with you. Yeah. And honestly, I feel like that's the best way to do things is just work alongside your guys. And eventually I'm going to have to give it up. Like my body's not going to let me do this forever. Right. Um, But honestly, um, as far as customers go, like I, I, I run a training course and that's why I was late today and I apologize for that. But um, the reason, one of the things I teach everybody in the, the training class is educate your customers and manage expectations. Like not all money is good money. Like some customers have unrealistic expectations those aren't my customers. I right. don't do work for those people. As much as I want to polish everybody, some people are going to damage and hurt your business more by you doing work for them. Yep. Especially if you can't manage that expectation of what they want versus what you can achieve, right? Yep. Okay. And I'm 24 years in. I feel like I'm pretty decent at polishing. I, mm-hmm. I'm still learning 24 years in and I'm, I'm pretty good there are still some customers that I know I'm not good enough for because what they're looking for is something I can't personally achieve. And I've turned down work. Like I've told some guys like, listen, I'm not your guy. Like I I cannot do what you're asking me to do. And I will, I will manage the expectation that if you want me to do it, this is what I can achieve. Sometimes somebody brings in a super pitted tank and it's just acid white. It's been that way for the last million miles. I'm not turning that thing into something that's a show show truck, right? right? It needs to get polished multiple times to get it back to that level. It's going to take me some maintenance to get it back to that level. And it's going to look rough for two years until right. I get it back to where it needs to be. And honestly, I've got a really good customer base. And honestly, I'm very fortunate to be in the position I'm in with social media and YouTube and all that stuff that we, we maintain a very high level of clients. And I'm, I'm super grateful for that, but, um, That's awesome. yeah, I, I did too, a lot yeah, of years man. of teaching my customers what, what was possible and what, what was realistic. Yeah. So do you, I, do you, I agree with that. And it's really about, um, one thing Evan and I both do is we treat customers and employees like family. Now that mm-hmm. can get tricky. Seven. It does. It hurts um, sometimes. <laughs> I do have two boys that are my boys. So that is family, but I treat my customers like family. 
Mm-hmm. Um, I've had I'm customers sleep in my guy. house. What's that, Evan? <laughs> I said I've had customers sleep in my house. Yeah. So I think that's huge in this. This, you know, my dad did things that way. Mm-hmm. My dad taught me family values, handshake. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, even in my business, it's all about education. People yeah. have these giant expectations. They don't even really know what what it takes. So I that's why I like when people want to get a quote, I have them come here so I can literally see what they're talking about the vehicle. I can and but most importantly, I can get to know them as a person and see what kind of expectations they have. And then I'll bring them in the shop and you know, we got a pretty nice shop and we usually have really nice stuff and they go, hmm. So that's kind of sets the tone too. But not everyone's my customer. I I send people away all the time. I don't want to work for people that are hating other people either. Like No, no, because for me it's all about character. Yeah. Um, Evan too. And I'm interviewing people as much as they're interviewing me because I'm I'm seeing 100%. what kind of character they have. Because you know, like Evan was saying, you know, you can get some guy with all you know, fifty billion trucks and all the money in the world, but if he doesn't have character, he could just it's not worth it. So No. Nah. I'd rather you know, I'd rather work for fifty guys that got one truck. Yeah, and Evan and I, I'm, I'm just as happy, um, thankful where I'm at too because I got a great customer base and a great business. Yeah, yeah. I think that goes along with that, you know, that know your worth thing. Yes. Yeah. Kind of like it, it, it falls into that category. Also, like know your role. Know your role that you play within your own business so that you know what expectations you can meet even, right? Yeah. Well, um, I'll tell you, you can price yourself out of your own range too, you know? True. I, yeah. I, I, I've trained, I think I've coming up on 400 people I've trained through my training course. And I can tell you on, I don't, I don't have enough fingers and toes to tell you how many people thought they were going to get rich doing this and outprice themselves out of their own market. And even though they had a good customer base, they ran everybody away because they were just too expensive too. Yeah. Like it goes both ways. So you may wow. be worth $200 an hour, but you can't charge $200 an hour all the time. Right. Yeah. Right. Wow, that's it takes uh, a long time to get there. It's yep, it's possible. 100%. Yeah, hundred um, percent. Yeah. But you know, yeah. you're giving quality to yep. people, and they're willing to pay. But it's yep. it's about our character too. People come to 100%. us because of that trust, character, um, all that stuff. Yeah, that's awesome. It was all good points. All good points. I've I've got a, I've been listening to a new podcast, and I'm not going to throw it out there yet because I'm still in the middle of it. And I'm listening to more and more episodes to, to kind of figure out what's really going on completely, totally. I don't, and I don't mean, again, I don't want to sound like a jerk either, but I don't listen to detailing podcasts. Um, I just don't, because I feel like uh, there's so much to learn from other people who yep. are in other businesses that I feel like small business owners are small business owners, but even they, you know, polishing, detailing, barbershops, lawn care, whatever it is, we can all learn from each other. Right. Sure. Um, yeah. So, and there's a quote I've got it written down that there's a, there was a lady that was on this podcast and she says, learn it, earn it, return it. And I thought that was kind of cool in the sense that, you know, you just giving back, you know, um, was her, was her name Julia Childs? <laughs> Seriously. That's a Julia Childs thing. 
Was it? Okay. Yeah. Well, that's where it came learn from it. then. So Learn it, earn it, and return it. She used to say that all the time. And that's one thing I have lived by. And like I, I hate to go back to it, but that's one of the reasons I'm hated is because I give a lot of people think too much back to the industry. I give away too many of this quote unquote secrets. I'll use air quotes for that. But um, I honestly, and this digs back to me meeting older polishers, wanting to know how they were doing what they were doing and them telling me to get bent. I didn't want guys getting into this industry and having to struggle like I did. I wanted them to have an outlet to look up information, to learn how to do it. And right. honestly, I'll tell you what, giving back to the industry feels so much better than just robbing the industry. Like I see so many detailers and polishers just suckling every bit of money they can out of this industry and posting up videos of some of their top quality work. And I see people asking them questions and dude, half the time they delete the questions. Like they're not answering that stuff. And that makes me sad because the industry, all these industries have so much room for growth. Right. And you're never going to run out of work if you're teaching, if you're treating your customers right. You'll never run out of work. Wow. That's true. Yeah. Yeah. But we were, we were, I don't know if you want to say created, but giving is one of the greatest things we can do. It feels so good. It feels That's so the good. That's best feeling. And, you know, I was going to say, Evan, you know, we're all going to have people that don't see eye to eye with us. 100%. I do. I got a million people, but you know, I don't pay any attention to it because it, it, my life is just freaking rad. Yep. You know, I'm, I'm living my people. best life. Yeah, me too, dude. I love my life. I love my work. I share. If you don't like it, I always oh. tell Brian, if we all did the same thing, mm -hmm. if we treated everyone with respect and shared yep. and, and, and shared and gave, what a world we'd have. 100%. And, and Paul and I have talked about uh, just like you and Paul sharing a cigar on your back porch, right? Paul and I are very firm believers in the fact that everybody crosses paths for a reason, you know? And yep. I, from my perspective, I feel like, and I'm learning even at, you know, my age, cause I'm, I'm old. Okay. I'm older Listen, than Paul. Stop telling people that you're experienced. <laughs> so you're I'm wise in your experience. <laughs> i feel like i'm learning that every path that gets crossed is for a reason and that reason is to share something yeah. what i mean and it doesn't yep. have to be good or bad but to share in a way that we can both learn and that we can both grow from it yeah you know whatever that path is so honestly i wish more people did because honestly through my training program, I meet so many people that are just starting off. And honestly, I learned some stuff myself from just watching people. And I'm like, dude, what just happened there? Like, for example, today, the kid I'm polished, uh, teaching to polish today, he's in my, in my two-day advanced course. He was already a polisher, drives truck, lives in uh, out in Utah. And um, great kid. This kid came in a good polisher this morning. And we made some fine-tuned adjustments and some of the stuff he wanted to learn. Like I literally shot a YouTube video of him doing it. He's that advanced. Wow. And I sh seriously today showed him how to perfectly show polish and doing my exact system. I looked at the part and I'm like, Oh my God, this is like the best thing I had ever done. I think he may have matched it. 
awesome, dude. by the end of the day. And I was like, I just sat and watched him and he changed his pattern a little bit from the way I do it. He listened to me and did it, but he changed his pattern and his pressure just a little bit. And I was like, I'm going to have to try that myself tonight. Like he's gone now. So I can say this, but I'm literally going to try it myself tonight to make sure I can replicate what I taught him to do today, because I'm telling you, it's one of the most perfect things I've ever seen on aluminum. Like it, it's really? absolutely beautiful. Like I almost had a tear in my eye today training because I literally watched somebody achieve a dream that he had was like, he wanted to be able to achieve what he did today. So and cool. it was, it was awesome to see that right in front of me. And I learned something from him today. He didn't know this, and I'm probably going to have to fill him in tomorrow because I'm going to do a podcast <laughs> with him tomorrow. And yeah, you on, should. Uh, if you I'm don't, do a I'm going corner. to. That's yeah, awesome. I'm going to do a polisher's corner with him tomorrow. But <laughs> awesome. um, I'll bring it up in the polisher's corner that he actually taught me something. And I hope he doesn't send me a bill for it because uh, it's going to cost me something sooner or later, I'd imagine. <laughs> That's great. Well, I mean, I always say I don't know everything. I learn stuff every day. Me too. Other me people too. are teaching me. I'm teaching other people. You know, if you, ain't learning, if you ever get dying. to the day where you think you know everything, oh, man, <laughs> the door in my face. If you're not learning, you're dying. Yeah. Wow. That's awesome. So um, just real quick, let's we can do young, uh, uh, just a young person. And you've come across plenty in your, your training classes. Yep. What's what's some things that you teach as far as what they need to hone in on or focus on? If they're going to step out of your class, start their business or move back, you know, move into the business world, what's some, what's some good advice that you can give them? So the, the new guys that do my three day beginner training course, I teach them the absolute basics like pressure and technique are the two most important parts of polishing. So I teach them that first. And then by the third day, I start teaching them business. Like, listen, treat people right. They will come back. Um, just be you. You don't have to fake it till you make it. Make it till you make it. You know, you don't want to, if, if you go into it fake, people are going to catch on to that really quick and you're, you're not going to make it. It's just not going to happen. If you've got to fake it, you ain't going to make it. That's just how it is. Okay. Um, but I try to teach them some business too. Like uh, don't, don't price yourself out of your own market. Um, don't take on jobs too, too big until you're comfortable. Like, everybody wants to do something huge and cool right out the gate. Everybody wants to do a big trailer because it looks cool on Instagram and Facebook. It's like, it's not, it sucks. Like <laughs> I don't even like doing it. It's not fun. It sucks. It's and not. that first one, great. how long's the, how long's that first one take you two weeks? <laughs> That's what I mean. And if it's not, if you're not ready for it and you're not prepared to do it and you take the job on and now you screw it up, that customer is going to tell everybody they know that you screwed up yeah. and you're never going to get that reputation back. It's just, you can burn yourself out on that. I watch yeah. it happen every year. Yeah. So I try to teach everybody that goes through my class that just don't take on jobs that are too big because you don't want to end up upside down and having people bash you for legitimate reasons. Because it, if you if you didn't do it right or you don't know how to fix it, that's a legitimate reason for somebody to talk bad about you. Yeah. And when people have legitimate reasons to talk bad about you, business doesn't go well. And it's hard to come back from that. It's It's literally an uphill battle for that. Yeah. Right. And it's already an uphill battle starting out. That's exactly it. You're going uphill either way. Yeah. So yeah. You don't want to, you don't want to make those cliffs when it's already a mountain. Yeah. <laughs> Paul, um, do you have anything you want to add? Anything you want to throw out there to, to get Evan to talk about before we head out? 
Oh, um, wow, caught me off guard. Yeah, well, sorry, <laughs> I'm just I'm looking at the time and I'm thinking, man, maybe we can go into a part two. Uh, my question is, when am I going to see you? Oh my god, two years I knew later. that was coming. I knew that was coming. <laughs> Paul, I have been trying to get out. My shop has just been a mess. Like we've gone through, we've gone through a bunch of personnel in the last couple of years, and that's it's this that's new. Tough. This new world is just a whole nother generation to hire people in and keep people like yeah. this well, new younger generation, young. nothing against them, but man, it is a whole new world than what I grew up in. Yeah. And I'm struggling connecting with this younger crowd. And honestly, it's tough. Like I can't hire in old guys to do what we do because it's a physical backbreaking job. Yeah. And <clears throat> to find more guys my age that want to get this dirty and I'm pointing at my face when I say that, <laughs> that want to get this dirty every day. Like, it, it's hard. And to find kids that want to work five or six or seven days a week and put in that work, like, yeah. it's hard to find them that want to do that too. Like, I've tried everything from high school all the way up to my age, and it, it I can't find anybody that wants to make a career out of this. We travel a lot. We have a lot of fun, but it's it's work. And so what do you, what do you think about – um? But I will get out by you, Paul. I promise you. I will take a vacation and just come out. It'll be a work vacation because I'll come and work with you. But like, do my clean, my, my clean work in here, my clean shop. <laughs> yeah, I'll bring, I'll bring my suit and tie. We'll stay clean okay. for a day. White gloves. Um, <laughs> I was gonna say because I'm gonna need to hire some more people, and it's it's very difficult to find younger people that want to actually do physical labor. Now I'm blessed to have boys that work beside me and they actually love the trade. Yeah, you are. Um, so I'm blessed, but you know, I, I had to wait for them to grow up. I had employees for 30 some years dude, before my yeah. guys came on board. So I know what it's all about, but there's so many, you have so many people that follow you. So do I. Young people asking me to work all the time. Is that a good avenue to hire people? I mean, the hard part is them having to move, I'm sure. You know, I actually just hired in a kid um, to do an apprenticeship. He's signing on for a six-month apprenticeship. Um, he's from Great. Mississippi, wants to start his own polishing deal. And uh, he approached me. He's like, I don't know if you do this or not. Um, I'd really like to try an apprenticeship. He's like, I'd like to learn from you for six months and then go home and start my own business. And I was like, honestly, a really good opportunity for me to get through the busy season this year. Um, he'll be here like mid-February. He'll help me get through show season and then he'll go home at the end of show season, which works <laughs> out fine because we slow down in the winter. We pretty much yeah. just run wheels on the wheel machine all winter long. So it helped me get through the busy season. But honestly, I'm really debating pushing harder into this apprenticeship thing just because I know it would help the industry more. And it would help people become financially responsible and financially independent. And honestly, I'm really thinking hard about doing that. But moving people here is hard. It's it's hard to get them here and uproot their lives from wherever they come from. And it, it's a struggle to it's a struggle yeah. to keep those guys. But we have to find people that are passionate, like we are, because you have people Paul, that just you're never going to find that. I'll just be honest know. with you. It what you and I have. And what Brian has is a rare, rare thing. There there are a few people out there, don't get me wrong, but you could probably count them on your fingers and toes, the people that actually are truly, not just saying they're passionate about it, but truly are passionate like we are. 
Like I know you would detail a car for free for, for your best customer. Like, sure. yeah, we do if, that. If, if they came to you and were like, listen, I, I don't have the money right now, but I got a show this weekend. You yeah. would do it for free. I know you would. And I would do yeah. the same thing. If I won the lottery tomorrow, I would polish for free for my best friends. Like without a doubt, I would. Like yeah. I, if I didn't need the money and I didn't have, I didn't have to worry about supporting my family, I would do it for free. You know how many people are out there like that? Not many. It's not many. Yeah. True. Well, and that's why I want to have a podcast of talking about these things because I want people to realize what's possible and, and what, what life is really about. It's about relationships and character. I don't care if you're in business or working, whatever it is, if you're breathing in that moment, yep. whenever you're doing sports, school, I don't care what it is. Character yeah. counts, being yeah. humble counts, thinking of others. Um, and I think that brings great success too. I mean, it's 100%. not easy. Good karma is a real easy. deal. I can tell you stories about the last couple of years here and, and our personal lives. Yeah. yeah, everyone's got struggles. It's not easy, but we keep showing up. <laughs> yep, I keep showing show up, up. Show up. Yeah. So what's um, Evan? Before we head out, before we go, give me in in your give me two names of people that you'd like to shout out that are either up and comers or people that you've worked with that uh, now that we've talked about this a little bit, give me two names of some people that you really um, kind of admire the path that they're on and just give them a shout out. Um, boy, you kind of caught me on the spot on that. I like that. That's a, that is a great question. That is a good question, Brian. I will tell you, pretty much because I'm in the moment right now and I'm I'm riding on this emotional high from today. Yeah. The kid that I trained today, um, he's like early 30s, probably. Um, this Nick Way, honestly, I am super excited to see where this kid, where this kid takes his um, takes his career, because honestly, I have never seen somebody polished like he did today. Like I, I have spent 24 years trying to achieve what he achieved today. And That's it awesome. was, That's it awesome. was a really awesome thing to see. Like, I'm telling you, like I almost had a tear in my eye today. Cause I was like, I didn't know that what I was able to accomplish was replicable. Like I've trained so many people and to teach what I saw today is one of the most difficult things to do. Um, it was also a kid they came through my training course a couple months ago. This kid was the most motivated kid I had seen in a long time. And it restored a little faith in humanity for me. Um, the kid's name was Logan Steven. Um, he was out of Ohio. And this kid is a hustler. Like he likes making money, likes having cool things. And he doesn't, he's not afraid to get dirty and jump into it. And this kid came up with his mom and his grandma, his mom and his grandma just hung out up here and toured around <laughs> Wisconsin while he was here. And awesome. they were a great, they were a great family. It was great to get to meet those guys, but awesome. that kid Logan was just a hustler. And for me to see this kid was probably 19, 20 maybe. And to just hunker down and hustle as hard as he could. And now that he's home and he's killing it, he's sending me pictures and videos all the time of what he's doing. I'm like, dude, keep pushing. Like the sky's right. the limit in this deal. Like there's no sure. top. 
There's no top to this thing. You can just you can ride to the moon if you want to. I'm telling you, there there is no awesome. top. You just keep working as hard as you want. Yeah, um, never ends. <laughs> but if I could add a third, it would be yeah. my my Nebraska franchise, Zach Cambrone. He just hunkers down and does what needs to get done day in and day out. He can be grumpy about it sometimes, but, dude, I'm <laughs> telling you, I tell everybody all the time, like, I may not be the best polisher, but I will not let you outwork me. I won't because I don't want you to be able to outwork me. I will I will work until I'm bleeding so that I can try to be to be ahead. Like I just always want to be ahead. And Zach has that same drive. Like nice. He he wants to win all the time, every time, and he just pushes hard until he can't anymore. And I hope he doesn't listen to this podcast as much as I hope he does listen to this podcast because I want him to get some inspiration from you guys. But as much as I hope he doesn't listen to it, I don't want him to hear me say that he's kind of been an inspiration to me as well. Cause he's just, That's he's, awesome. he is one of those really good dudes. Just a really That's good awesome. Dude. That's awesome. So, well, you know what guys, let's kind of wrap it up. Paul, you got anything to say before we go? Um, well, it's just great having you on Evan. Dude, yes, I would gladly do this anytime. You guys let me yeah. know. I would gladly do this anytime. I enjoy you guys. I love listening to your guys' podcast. Appreciate it. And Thank you. Your, your, uh, your voices are soothing. Nice. Helps put me to sleep, me to sleep at night. <laughs> hey, I'm kidding. No, you know, it's, it's experience and wisdom. Yeah. <laughs> experience <laughs> and wisdom. <laughs> I love it. I guess but that no, might be our title. <laughs> honestly, I just enjoy I enjoy chatting with you guys. You guys are you guys are full of experience and wisdom. And it's uh it's a breath of fresh air to just get outside of my own box because I'm in the metal polishing box all day long. Yeah. So getting to talk to you guys about detailing and stuff, I enjoy the chemistry behind detailing, but I don't do it as much as I used to. But yeah. I still, I still have a passion for that side of the industry. Yeah, yeah. We appreciate you. We appreciate you doing this for us. Um, we appreciate all your great nuggets of wisdom and stuff that you can share. And uh, it's um, like baby wisdom over here, baby. <laughs> <laughs> We're definitely gonna have to do it again. Um, just and, and if for no other reason, just to get together and and to chat and and uh, maybe dig a little deeper into some rabbit holes that we won't record. Um, so, <laughs> but, oh, man. Thank, thank uh, you we'll so much. Them. What's that, Paul? We'll rec- We're gonna record them. Yeah. <laughs> so. Listen, I'm I'm in. I don't have the face for OnlyFans, so I'm I'm in. Oh man, yeah, or that <laughs> only granddads. Yeah, only granddads. I love it. <laughs> so, well, listen, I'm gonna log off of here. Um, everybody, thanks, Evan. Thank you so much for being here tonight. Um, do you, um, just real quick before we go, do you want to touch on the uh, don't you do a charity? Yeah. Actually, um, I do have a, I have a charity called Babes and Big Rigs. Um, okay. We started shooting photos with uh, pretty girls in trucks to sell calendars. Um, every year on Father's Day weekend, I host a charity golf tournament. Um, okay, that's all, the, all the money raised from what we raised between the uh, golf outing and the calendars, um, we donate to local wounded veterans that need help getting back on their feet. Um, we've been doing it eight years, maybe nine years. So this, this year will either be nine or 10. I'd have to ask my sister. She knows that better than I do. Um, 
But over those years, we have managed to get a hundred families. We're over a hundred families now back on their feet. Phenomenal. Yeah, that's and awesome. Yeah, I just honestly, all those people are right here in our community, and it it's one of those things. It feels good to give back. I I have more than I need, and it was fun to start something. I do it on my birthday weekend, so it gives me a good excuse to have all my friends over. Mm-hmm. <laughs> nice, nice. Well, that's a another great nugget to know, and that we when everybody go to go to uh, goshineon.com. And you can find the calendars on that website, right? Yep. You can go to there. Or we also launched babesandbigrigs.com. We sell shirts, hats, everything. A uh, portion of the proceeds um, all go all goes to the charity directly. So Okay. Perfect. Well, thank There's you no so much. Man, we appreciate no you doing that. Um, appreciate you giving back. Thank you for everything tonight. We really appreciate it. And um, hang out for a minute. And we'll have a little chat. And uh, other than that, guys, listen, thank you. Episode 41 was Evan Steger. Um, Evan, just keep doing what you're doing. Keep being an inspiration to everybody, to Paul and I, and uh, continue to share the shine, brother. I'm going to keep trying. Thanks, man. We appreciate you having you here, having you here tonight. Thanks, appreciate Evan. you as well. Yeah. All right, man. Have a good night. Ladies and gentlemen, we really appreciate you being here for another episode of The Detail Rag. Thank you so much for your time and continue to share the shine.